Isaiah chapter 57. I want to read two verses of Scripture and uh, bring you a little thought that's on my heart this morning. And I'll be honest with you, I think it's a needed message in any church, but I think it's a needed message in our church this morning. It's not an indictment against us. I think it's just... It's just needed in this hour, amen. And I'm glad God is not dead this morning, amen. Neither His Word, nor His power, nor His Spirit, amen. We thankful this morning for His presence. Isaiah chapter 57 and verse number 15. The Bible says, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of of the humble, and to revive the heart of the contrite one. Father, I pray this morning in Jesus' name, God, that you would help us this morning to preach only what you would have us to preach. I pray that you would deal with our hearts in a personal manner. Help us, Lord, not to be distracted by the day or events or things that's upcoming in our life. But help us to set our affections these next few moments on things above and not on things of this earth. Help us to focus on you and speak to us now. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I tell you, I was reading Isaiah chapter 57 the other day. And this chapter is a great chapter for great reasons, for several reasons. But I think one of the reasons why it is a great chapter this morning is because if you look at verse number 1 and 2 and verse number 15 and then the last verse, verse number of last two verses, verse number 20 and 21, what you have in these verses here is that God places everyone in their rightful place. If you look at verse 1 and 2, he talks about the righteous. He said, the righteous perisheth and no man layeth the heart. Sometimes we wonder in this life why righteous people die in early death. Well, there is the answer as to why. The, merc- the Bible says, and merciful men are taken away. None consider that the righteous is taken away. Notice this, from the evil to come. He shall enter into peace. They shall rest in their beds, each one walking in his uprightness. Why do righteous people <clears throat> die in early death? God said, number one, because he is merciful. Number two, because he delivers them from the evil that is to come. So this chapter opens with the righteous, but then it closes in verse number 20 and 21 with the wicked. He said, but the wicked are like the troubled sea and cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. Notice he said, There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. That's not the only time Isaiah pins that phrase down. It's not the only time that God said there is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. So he opens chapter 57 talking about the death of the righteous and how that God in mercy delivers them from evil and that they move on and they leave this world but they enter into peace. Amen. I'm glad this morning that we have peace. Amen. And it's interesting that when he talks about the righteous, He says that they enter into peace. And then he closes this chapter with the wicked and tells us that the wicked have no peace. And see, that's what separates us this morning. If you're saved by the grace of God, then you'll have peace. Uh, That doesn't mean that we cannot be disturbed. It doesn't mean that we can't fear. It doesn't mean that we don't have problems. The psalmist who had great peace said, what time? There is times uh, when we are afraid. He said, what time I am afraid? I will trust in thee. And so we do have times of trouble, but we rest in our God and we trust in Him, but we know that overall God gives us peace about eternity. We have the peace of God. Romans chapter number 5 and verse 1 said, therefore be
being justified by faith. We have peace with God. Amen. And then the Bible talks about in Philippians 4, the peace of God, that the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Because we have peace with God, I'm glad we can have the peace of God. Amen. When you make peace with God, He will give you His peace. Jesus said in John 14, 27, Peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So He talks about the righteous, uh, and then He talks about the wicked. But I want you to look at our verse this morning, verse number 15. He put the righteous in their rightful place. He put the wicked in their rightful place. But here in verse 15, we see God in His rightful place this morning. He talks about revival in this verse. Notice he said, to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite one. So God reminds us in verse number 15 that he is the God of revival, amen? And I wanna preach a few minutes this morning on the God of revival. Uh, We need revival this morning. Uh, I tell you, we need revival in our hearts. Uh, We need revival in our homes. Uh, And certainly we need revival in the house of God, amen? Uh, Many of our churches have become mortuaries, uh, right? than sanctuaries uh, and the living has become dead Uh, uh, we have died my friend uh, uh, to the spirit and we live to the flesh when God says uh, we must die to the flesh uh, in order to live uh, and let the spirit of God live through us this morning Uh, and I don't know where you're at uh, and you don't know where I'm at this morning but there's an all seeing eye that sees our hearts today every heart in this building uh, Proverbs 15 and verse 3 said the eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. God sees what's inside my heart and God sees what's inside your heart. And this morning, I don't know about you, but I'm interested in having revival in these days. I don't want to give up in these last days. I don't want to play church. Can I get an amen right there? I don't want to sit and go through the motions and the mechanics of worship. I don't want to be at ease in Zion. I don't want to kick it in neutral, praise God. I don't want to come to church and stare at each other. Can I get a witness on that? I'm telling you, listen, I want to serve God all the days of my life. I don't want to just get by, but I want to be I want to be right with God. I want to be on fire for God. I want to be right smack dab in the center of the will of God and live for Jesus until my dying breath, amen. I'll tell you, as we live longer, this world's gonna get colder and my friend, the church world is going to become more deader but it doesn't have to be that way for me. It don't have to be that way for you. I'm not gonna blame it on society. I'm not gonna blame it on the problems of life. God's bigger than every bit of that. I'm telling you, if you want revival, you can have revival. If you're hungry for revival, you can have revival. And if you're not, they ain't a preacher on God's given earth and can make you thirsty for God. You got to want it for yourself this morning. I made my mind up by the good grace of God. However many days I got left on this earth, I'm just going to stay as close to God as I can. I'm going to stay as hungry as I can. I'm going to stay on fire by the grace of God. I'm not trusting in my flesh this morning, but I'm glad that God knows how to give us joy, unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. I want to let nothing, and I mean that, between my soul and the Savior this morning. Isn't serving Jesus the greatest thing that ever happened to us? 
and I don't want money and I don't want materials and I don't want the things of this world and, the, and listen I don't want recreation and I don't want entertainment and I don't want uh, all the possessions and the, and the things of this world to rob me of the peace and the joy of living and walking in the spirit of God this morning I'm glad we can have revival and when we think about this verse it is God's vision for revival amen I want to say this morning that he desires it God desires to have revival with you and I and he decides it this morning I don't get to decide and you don't get to decide if I'll do what I'm supposed to God will do what he's supposed to but he sends revival he delights in it this morning do you realize God wants to bless his children God wants to bless his church God wants to pour out his presence God still wants to save sinners God still wants to give us joy God still wants to pass by our way hey I want to say this morning if we ever have a dead service it's not God's fault it's not heaven's fault this morning if my friend if you leave the same way you came it's not God's fault he desires he delights and he decides on revival this morning and he declares it and he directs it as we see in this verse this morning. Let's think a few moments about the God of revival. You say, preacher, I want to have revival. I think if we're going to have revival, we're going to have to focus on him. Can I get an amen right there? We can't focus on the things of this life. We can't focus on our problems. We can't focus on mishaps and misunderstanding and disappointments in life. Too many people have robbed themselves and lived below their privileges and because they threw a big old pity party and said, woe is me. I'm telling you this morning, get up out of your pity. Get up out of your place and get your eyes, lift your eyes unto the hills from which cometh your help. God's able to help us if we're willing to look to him this morning. He'll help me. He'll help you this morning. But the God of revival, I think we have to see three things about him this morning in this verse. Number one, we have to see his position. For thus saith the high and lofty one. We have to understand the position of who he is this morning. I would say this morning that his position is high. As the Bible says here, that God is higher than all the, the God, the false gods of this world. God is higher than all the kings uh, and the politicians of this world. In fact, he holds the heart of the king in his hands. Uh, nothing can happen in this world that what it doesn't pass through the hands of Almighty God. He is higher than the fallen angels this morning. He is higher than the devil. He is higher, my friend, uh, than me. He is higher than you. He is higher than our problems. He is higher than our circumstances. He is higher than our situations. He is higher than our disappointments. He's higher than our faults. He's higher than our failures. He's higher than our misunderstandings. He's higher than our misfortunes in life. He's higher than our sorrow. He's higher than our suffering. He's higher than our pain. He's higher than anything. Do you realize this morning he's higher than this world that we live in? Cast your eyes up higher than this horizon and look to the one who is higher and above all he sees the big picture because God's position is that he's high this morning the question is is he high in my life and in yours 
Have I lifted him up this morning? Have I magnified him? God, his position is that he is high and then he is heavenly. He is the lofty one. Amen. My friend, that inhabiteth eternity. Do you realize where God dwells? He dwells, I know, in our hearts. And I know that he dwells on this earth. But the Bible tells us in this verse that he inhabits eternity. I'm telling you, before there was this world, there was a God that lived in heaven. Amen. Before there was stars and before there was a sun and before there was a moon, there was a God. I'm telling you, before there was a valley and a creek and a river and before there was a meadow and before there was a field, there was God. I'm telling you, before there was man and before there was Satan and before there was angels, there was God. He was there in the beginning. He'll be there in the end. He doesn't live nor is he bound by time, but thank God he lives in eternity. I'm telling you, he is the high and he is the lofty one that inhabiteth eternity. We need to get our eyes off the temporal and we need to get our eyes on the eternal. We need to look to him this morning and realize his position, who he really is. He is the God of heaven. He is the God of earth. He is the God of hell. He's the God of the ages. He's the God of all kings. He's the God of all captains. He's the God of all lords. He's God when I'm right and he's God when I'm wrong. He's God when I'm up and he's God when I'm down he's God before I was here and he'll be God when I'm gone he is high, he is heavenly he's the eternal one he's the blessed one he's the holy one he's the righteous one he is God and besides him there is and never will be none other, hallelujah his position We lose the thrill of serving God because we lose sight of who we're singing about, who we're preaching about, who we're serving this morning. We're not serving man. We're not serving religion, but we're serving him. Hallelujah. I say shame this morning on anyone that ever thought about quitting. What would you do if God quit on you this morning? We get up every day with a full assurance that others may walk away and others may quit. But we have this blessed assurance that God would never leave us nor forsake us. I show no pity on someone that just wants to quit. That's just selfishness in and of itself. Because this morning, God has been too good to every one of us to even think about quitting this morning. To even think about throwing in the towel. To even think about feeling sorry for ourselves. You say, Brother Gravely, do you ever feel sorry for yourself? Just a little bit here and there. I don't get to do it too long. I wish I could. But I tell you, I don't get to do it too long. You know why? And you don't either if you listen. Because the Holy Spirit will tell you to suck it up, buttercup, and get over it. I've been good to you. i blessed you. I'm telling you this morning, isn't it good to be saved? Isn't it good to be born in America? Isn't it be good to have peace in your heart? And God God bless you more than he has a lot of people around this globe. I'm telling you, we ought to thank God. We ought to look up to him. He is the eternal one. I'm glad I know him. But as the songwriter said, best of all, he knows me this morning. His position. He's high. He's heavenly. Then notice this. He's holy. Whose name, notice this, it's not just an identity. But notice the Bible said that his name is holy. 
That's that's exactly the essence of who God is. Uh, Someone said God is love, and the Bible says that God is love. I'll tell you, God is love, uh, but God is holy this morning. That's His name. Uh, I want to say this morning, we, as the people of God, we need to recognize the holiness of God this morning, uh, and we're to be holy. That's what the Bible said in 1 Peter 1 and verse number 15. The Bible said we're to be holy in all manner of conversation, for it is written as He which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. He said, for be ye holy, for I am holy this morning. I'm glad I serve a holy God. That means he's pure. That means he's righteous. That means he can't judge wrong. There's no corruption in him. And his church ought to be holy. Can I get a witness right there? I'm telling you, our songs ought to be holy. They ought not sound like something out of a honky-tonk or something out of a rock concert. The people ought to be holy. That means we ought to dress right. I'm talking about saved people. When you go to church and every day, I don't want to just say church, but every day you ought to be holy in your manner of dress. We ought to be holy in our manner of conversation. Y'all with me, ain't you? Don't die this morning. I'm talking about God's position. It's holy. But our churches have become worldly. They've become carnal. They've become filthy. They've opened up and let the world come in and people just go to church. I'm talking about members and they dress in the old way and they show their flesh and they don't care what God thinks about it. It grieves the Holy Ghost. Hey, listen, this morning, if you're a member of this church, you ought to still dress right. Can I get an amen? I'm not talking about just on Sunday, but you ought to dress right every single day of the week. Amen. Let me run that rabbit down because it's got some meat on it this morning. When you come to this church, I've seen a couple people come to the choir a few weeks ago with short dresses on. We don't do that here. Can I get an Amen. We don't do short dresses here. We don't do low-cut blouse. Can we get an amen? We don't see no lines, ladies. Amen? We want to keep it right and tight. Amen? Now, if a sinner walks in and don't die because I'm preaching on holiness, amen, it's right here in this book this morning. And I made my mind up whether it's a house full or a handful. Hey, we're not backing up one iota on it this morning. We're going to always be a church. And when you come to church, we're going to look like we're going to church. Amen. Not looking like we're going to a ball game. We're not stripping off and putting a bunch, showing a bunch of flesh in the house of God. Can I get an amen right there? That's still good preaching. If it offends you, I'm not trying to, but I'm telling you, friend, him dresses need to go to the bottom of the knee. Can I get an amen right there? And don't try to, you know, you think after all these years, 25 years being here, Brother Danny, that, that people, I'm not talking about somebody just joined last week. People still push the limit. And I made my mind up, as long as I'm pastor of this church, by the grace of God, we're going to keep our dress right around the church. Amen. We're just going to do it. Because it's right. We're going to do right. And I would think this morning, if you're a member of this church, you would love your pastor, if nothing else. Y'all love the Lord to do right. Your dress shouldn't have anything to do with me harping this morning. But y'all love your pastor enough at least to say, you know what, I, I'm not right with God in my dress, but I don't want to put my preacher in a position where he's got to get up and deal with stuff. Amen. Am I right? Amen and amen and amen this morning. 
So, Brother Bradley, why, why, do you, why do you just harp on that? I'm not preaching it on Wednesday night. I want to make sure I preach it on Sunday morning so everybody can hear it. Amen. But I'm telling you, why do you harp on it? Because I've seen the side effects of it when you just say nothing about it and you just let a little thing or two go here and there. I tell you what happens. It'll eat your church up and carnality gets in and adultery gets in. All kinds of wicked sin and it grieves the Holy Spirit and you lose the power of God. Hey, I don't want to lose a family. I don't want to lose a member. But I'd rather lose a family or a member as to lose the presence of God this morning because I got silent and backed up. Amen. And everybody used to preach it this way. It used to not be, listen, it used to not be foreign. But now, listen, sometimes you feel like you're on an island by yourself. I'm just going to set the plow and, pray, and plow her up. Praise God. I'm saying we ought to be holy. And if you want to know the truth this morning, I don't feel like I'm holy enough. Amen. That's right. Brother, if I thought wearing a watch grieved, we ain't got one on, praise God. If I thought wearing a watch grieved the Holy Ghost, I wouldn't wear one. Y'all with me? Because God's holy. That's why our songs need to sound like heaven, amen, and not honky-tonks and don't need to be sensual and don't need to be appealing to the flesh. That's why they need to sound like heaven. That's why we're not going the contemporary route. That's why we're not going the carnal route. We're not beefing it up and beating it up and banging it up, amen. We're not trying to provide something for the young people that appeal to their flesh. No, we're gonna sing old-fashioned songs that glorify God and magnify Jesus Christ and we're gonna look like we go to the house of God and we're going to do our very best even though we all fall short. We're going to do our best to hold high of the standard of holiness in a dark hour. Why? Because his name is holy. And I think everything about the church and the people of God, his position is holiness and so should ours this morning. So preacher, you just too narrow-minded. No, I'm just taking the same position God has and let's keep her right and tight all the days of our life. I see his position and for the few that are still listening, I see his place this morning. Notice he said, I dwell in a high, in a holy place. The outline's not gonna change much from point two to point three because if the Bible repeats it, then I wanna repeat it with the Bible, amen. You say, what is his position? He's high, he's heavenly, and he's holy. What's his place? Well, his place, notice it is a high place. He dwells in a high place. Listen, God's place is the same as his position. Isn't that interesting? I mean, he is high, it's his position, and so is his place. And you know, I think this morning uh, that if we hold that position of, and we and we try to hold the position uh, that is right and keep the standard, I think our place ought to be the same. I mean, his position is high and holy. His place, notice this. Uh, he said, I dwell in a high and a holy place. Uh, in other words, uh, God's place uh, does not change because of his, uh, from his position. In fact, his position uh, is a reflection of where he is, uh, who he is, is a reflection of where he is. And do you know this morning when people see us out there in the streets, when they run into us at the grocery store, when they see us down there at this gas station pumping gas, our position ought to reflect our place. Amen. And it does reflect our place. If we'll live a holy life, then thank God we can be light in a dark world. And God's position and God's place is the same. He dwells in a high and holy place. Isn't it amazing that he can pass by our way? This is just a building in one sense. It's brick 
It's metal. It's concrete, mortar. It's a building. We don't worship the building this morning. But we dedicated this building to God. And so this place is not just any place this morning. We don't worship the sheetrock and we don't worship the, we don't worship the, the beams and the iron that's in this building. But we do know what this building represents. It's His house. And I'm afraid this morning that God has been grieved because His place does not resemble His position. And when you go in a church and His place doesn't resemble His position, it's a good marker that that place needs revival. And this morning we look around. You say, well, Brother Gravely, this looks like His place. Everybody that's a member of this church looks like they're going to church. So we must be right. But I want to say this morning, it's not just the outwardness of dress and conversation, but it's the inwardness of our hearts. You see, you can wear a dress that drags the ground, but if your heart is full of rebellion, bitterness, anger, jealousy, then your place is not a holy place. This morning, if I'm up here and I'm, if I'm this morning overran by ego and arrogancy and all those things that, that can get in our heart malice and hatred, then this place is not a holy place. A church can have the right kind of music. They can sound good. The choir can sound wonderful. We can sing the right songs. The preacher can be homiletically and hermeneutically correct and can deliver a smooth outline but our hearts not be in the right place. This morning, if there's anything other in my heart other than a desire to please Him, then I need revival. People get out of church all the time who look just like everybody else in church. It doesn't start with drinking and smoking and all these other things, but it starts with an ill feeling a bitter heart, a bad spirit, a long tongue, a gossiping ear, envy, strife toward another brother. I thought you think about somebody that attended this church for almost two decades. And eight years before they got out of church in this church, they came to me one day and they said, I'm bitter at a brother who doesn't even know it. I'm jealous of that individual. I said, you better deal with that now. Don't go to them. Don't be a stumbling block. They don't know. If they knew, you would need to go make it right with them. I said, well, because they don't know. I said, you need to confess it. You need to get right with God. I, I said, I'll do everything I can to be, uh, try to be accountability to you in this area. But I said, you just need to, you need to just come clean with God. And they, they never did. Today, they're out of church. Their home is busted up. They're an alcoholic. It didn't start with alcohol and drugs. It started sitting right here in this church. Bitter at somebody else in this church that didn't even know they were bitter at them. This morning, our hearts always get dirty before our hands. And while everything can look good on the outside... What could grieve and quench the Holy Spirit in a service is not the things that are seen here, but it's the things that are unseen. 
I'm quite certain this morning, I was praying for the service, and I said, Lord, I had three sermons. The only thing worse than having nothing to preach is having too much to preach. And I said, Lord, I don't know which one you want me to preach this morning, but will you please show me? And I'm telling you, when my wife was coming over the top of that hill to the church, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, preach on the God of revival. I wonder this morning, would there be something in your heart today that would quench or grieve the Holy Spirit? Something that no one else would know about, but it's every bit as filthy and dirty and wicked as any perverted sin you could think of this morning, but it's undealt with. I want to tell you this morning, God's position is He's holy. And holiness is not something that we arrive or that we achieve. Holiness is a standard that we're to work toward every day of our life. Oh, there's positional, but there's progressive. The positional is up to God, but that progressive is up to you and I. You see, how do you know that? 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh. Notice this. The perfecting holiness in the fear of God. I see his position. I see his place. I wonder what God wants to do, could do in this church. I think we need revival this morning. Probably need it from the pulpit to the pew. I see his position. I see his place. And then the God of revival. I see his purpose. What is the purpose? Notice this in verse 15. To revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite one. The purpose of God is to revive our spirit, our attitude, and to revive our heart. That's our affection. God wants us to love the things that He loves and hate the things that He hates. He wants us to think the way that He thinks. He wants us to have the attitude of gratitude. He wants us to to think on things that honors Him and pleases Him. We're so easy to get distracted by things of this world that may not be seen in and of themselves, but what they do is they rob us of that personal walk with God. You know, I was thinking about this the other morning. I got up to read my Bible and I thought to myself about morning devotions. Maybe, maybe your devotion's 10 minutes. Maybe it's 15 minutes. I, I don't know how long it is, but, but however long that devotion is, uh, it, it's not the finishing of the day. That's not what a devotion is. That 15-minute devotion you do in the morning... What you're doing is you're opening up the line of communication with God for the rest of the day. It's the beginning of our walk with God throughout the day. If all I do is read my two or three or four chapters, run through a prayer, and then just say, well, I'm done for the day. I'm finished communicating with God. I miss the whole purpose of why I even do what I do. It's not so that I can tell you I have a morning devotion. It's not so that I can, can make you think I'm spiritual. I'll be honest with you this morning. I'm not spiritual without, without some devotion. I don't do a devotion because I'm spiritual. I don't do a devotion because uh, I'm everything I know. I do a devotion because I'm everything I don't want to be. And without Him and without His presence, uh, I'll rush through the day and I'll forget all about God uh, and I'll do my own thing and go my own way uh, and I'll become a miserable wretch without Him. That morning devotion just sets the mood in my mind so that I'll look to Him the rest of the day. It's amazing in this verse 
that God said that I dwell in a high and holy place. I skipped this phrase on purpose. With Him also, notice this, that is of a contrite and humble spirit. I said God's place is high and His place is holy and His position is high and His holy. But it's also humble. Think about it with me this morning, church. That God, the God of heaven, that's so high and so holy, would even walk and talk to somebody like me and you. God helped me to never neglect that personal time with Him because He waits for it. A God that's more busier than anybody in this building, He controls the universe. A God that is more holier and higher than, than man can ever imagine would also be the same God that would condescend and humble Himself and say, I want to spend time with you. I want to, would you talk to me? Because I want to talk to you. Would you read my word because I gave it to you? And in it are all the answers for life. A God that goes to church every Sunday with nothing on His mind but us. Think about that. Some of you like to talk in church. Quit talking in church and listen to singing and preaching. Go to church with God on your mind. He came to church this morning. If He's here, and I believe He is, He didn't come with dinner on His mind. He didn't come with a benediction on His mind. He came with you on His mind this morning. And the question this morning is, did I come with Him on my mind? I see it a lot, places, different places, and here. And I've been guilty of it. I don't want to come across wrong this morning. It's so easy to get our mind on other things, other people. You know, we're all just people this morning, aren't we? And I could start right over here with Brother Sam. And I could go all the way around this church. And if I have a critical spirit, I think I could find something wrong with every single person. That's how wicked the flesh is. And so could you. God said, don't you come with the faults and failures of others. Don't you come with the disappointments of others. God said, you come with me on your mind. That's why getting up early and turning the radio on and drinking a cup of coffee and having morning devotion on Sunday, not sleeping to the last minute. That's why going to bed early on Saturday night, not sitting up till 12 and 1 o'clock at night unless you're praying for the service. That's why it's so important. Because it's so important that we think about Him while we're here. Because He's always thinking about us. And I believe this morning that revival in my life and yours is needed when I simply can just go through my day and go through my week and even go through some church services and not think about Him. This morning as we stand... God said, I will revive the spirit of the humble. We don't have revival by thinking about what we have done and what we've accomplished. We have revival by just realizing God's place and His position and humbling ourselves and saying, Lord, I, I'm not what I need to be, but you're everything I need. 
and to revive the heart. That's the, that's the root of our problem this morning is our heart. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you think about how people's mistreated you, or if you think about the negative things of life, it's, it's not them. How you and I think in our heart, that's what we are this morning. So if I think about disappointment, it's because I am a disappointment. If I think about criticism, it's because I'm a critic. If I think about perversions, it's because I'm perverted. If I think about jealousy, it's because I'm jealous. I think about envy. It's because I'm full of envy this morning, dear God. Lord, I thank you for this place. You've been so good to meet here all these years. Lord, I pray you'd pour out your spirit on hearts and homes this morning. We all need revival. We know that. But maybe there's people here this morning struggling. I pray you'd help them however their need is this morning. God, meet that need as we sing this morning. You do what God wants you to.